in terms of our philosophy with mindful nutrition, it really boils down to what I've created as three pillars. So those three pillars are what we eat. Obviously, like I said, it's really important to physically nourish our body on a cellular level. We have to nourish our body in order to function our best. So that's, that's a given. That's really where we all got to start. And then we, of course, need to know why we eat and then how we eat. So I'll kind of break that down a little bit because I think when you start to, to simplify it a little bit, and again, that's one of my gifts is I like to really put a process to it. I like to be efficient and, and simple so that it does create this flow and it creates some type of ease in your life, especially around food, because there's so much conflicting knowledge and information. It can get really overwhelming. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, discover our unique gifts, and make a lasting impact on the world by connecting with our souls. I'm sharing with you all the wisdom and tools I've been taught on meditation, mindfulness, yoga, business, and spirituality. I'll be having conversations with other creative entrepreneurs who have manifested outward success by doing inner work success comes from within. Let's go on this expansive journey together. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Soul podcast. I'm so thankful you're here today to hang out with me and my guest, Mikkel Kuinga. And I just want to take a moment before we hop into today's episode and I tell you all about my amazing guest to remind you that Wherever you're at on your journey right now, you are doing an amazing job. It might not feel like it sometimes. 2020 has given us many curveballs and plot twists, but in the grand scheme of things, you're still here. And I'm just want to let you know I'm so proud of you for that because this year has been very hard <laughs> for many of us and in lots of different ways financially, emotionally, spiritually physically, it's been demanding and confronting. And I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that you're doing an awesome job. And no matter what happens and what we go through, we all still have each other and don't be afraid to reach out. And if you're feeling like you need some extra support, make sure to share that with someone and connect with someone. And Tune in with yourself, listen to your body, listen to your heart, and uh, don't deny it because our bodies have a lot of messages for us. <sighs> yeah. I also wanted to let you know that the doors to the Limitless Collective membership are closed right now. You can get on the wait list for the next round of opening. In the meantime, if you are someone who is intentionally focused on making some shifts in your life and your business to create something new, or you need someone to brainstorm with, or you're looking for a mentor to help guide you inward to discover what your path might be or how to deepen the business that you've created or the brand. I am your person. I am opening up five spots for my one-on-one -on -one mentorship for now until the end of 2020. And if you're someone who is looking for a strategy, you're looking for a plan, you need something more concrete than just ideas floating around in your brain, let's hook up. I only have five spots left. You can go to Limitless Soul Life on Instagram, click the link in my bio, and you can put in an application for one of those spaces, or you can go to LimitlessSoulLife.com and you can submit an application there on my website. I am really looking forward to working with a couple of people to help them cultivate their business from their soul for the rest of the year. And if that's you, don't hesitate, reach out, let's chat. So today's guest, Mikkel Kuinga, is like the epitome of mindful business. She's so focused and intentional with her wording, with her branding, with her intention of what she's created as a holistic health coach. 
Um, she's a leading voice in nutrition and mindful health. She's awarded the top 20 role models named by Ariana Huffington, and she's a dietitian, coach, author, and her mission is to support people in learning how to nourish themselves with plant-based food in an easy and mindful and enjoyable way. Love that. Her philosophy is rooted in three simple principles, eating an abundance of plant-based food, practicing mindful eating and living, and having the skills and tools to put those two things into practice for your daily life. She has been everywhere. She's been in Oprah, Good Life by Dr. Oz, Real Simple Shape, Self, Women's Health, Food Network, Today's Dietitian, Healthline, Well and Good, and more major outlets. Her brand is called Nutrition Stripped, and I am obsessed with our conversation because she gets down and dirty to exactly what mindful eating is, tips for you to take away from this episode, so go ahead and grab a journal and take some notes. I know that if you're listening to this and you're like me, I love a good education sesh. And this one is chock full of that. And one of my favorite things that drew me to Mikkel and why I wanted to speak with her is because her philosophy and approach to mindful eating is very, very, very similar to my method of the TCA approach to expanding your mind, which is my meditation um, focused practice on how to become aware and observe your mind and your thoughts. And as she was speaking to me about eating and how her approach to this mindful way of being, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because it's so aligned with the way that I approach and teach meditation and self um, reflection and connecting with yourself on a deeper level. So it's very aligned. If you're interested in anything that I've talked about on this podcast, you are going to be obsessed with Mikkel and her approach to getting rid of diet culture and tapping into what it means to fuel your body and nourish it on a cellular level. So go ahead and plug your headphones in, get ready for this episode, take some notes because there's so much information in this episode. You're going to love it. You can check out all of the details, where to find Mikkel, how to work with her, how to tap into all of her free education and guides down in the show notes. Enjoy this episode with Mikkel Kuinga of Nutrition Stripped. Hello, Mikkel. Welcome to the Limitless Soul podcast. I'm so happy for you to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to chat. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. I love what you're about, about mindful eating and creating structures and systems for people. So Let's kind of just hop right into it. You are a leading voice in nutrition and mindful health. How did you end up here? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're into and where you're from. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love questions like this. Um, so in a nutshell, I'll try, I'll try to, to be brief, but in a nutshell, I started Nutrition Stripped almost eight years ago today as we're recording this. And I started it as a creative outlet just to share my what at, at the time to um, my unique philosophy on nutrition and how we nourish our bodies. I was talking about, and still do, of course, but I was talking about unique pillars of our health and how, of course, food is nourishment on a cellular level physically, but it is also about other pillars of our well-being. Like we have to manage our stress and we have to pay attention to our support systems, our community, our joy, also just the enjoyment and the pleasure of food and paying respect and honoring the many roles that food plays in our life. And so I started a blog, nutritionstrip.com, to share that point of view and also to share recipes. And, and honestly, I was making it for myself and I was making it for the 80 readers who all of which were like family members and, you know, friends from college and everything. And I had this just again as, as a hobby and it quickly became my full-time job within a year as I was working multiple other jobs as a dietitian. And I landed my quote dream job at the time, which was to have a full-time private practice. And it was all through online and it was really amazing and still is so amazing that I'm able to communicate and engage and support people around the world. So that was a huge kind of aha moment for me and thinking a little bit more outside of the box of how I could potentially scale my one-on-one -on -one private practice to reaching as many people as possible to teach them about our food philosophy at Nutrition Strips and our mindful eating philosophy. So fast forward, you know, again, we're eight, eight years um, in now. And not only has the website 
let's see, been in 189 countries in terms of readers and community members around the world, but I've had a cookbook published since then. I have online programs and our main one is the Method Membership, which is our year-long mindful eating program. And we still offer one-on-one coaching and oh my goodness, it's been just such a beautiful journey so far. Yeah, what a transition from eight years ago such a different landscape having a virtual business has that been um challenging or have you found like a nice flow and an evolution within your business as online has changed and social media and marketing and all of that kind of fun stuff or has it been kind of a interesting transition <laughs> i i always think it's interesting because it always changes it definitely keeps yeah. you on your toes um but i would not have it any other way i i adore it i love it so much i love the ability to be able to speak and teach to so many people around the world about mindful eating and and those small little steps that they can take and integrate into their life no matter what their lifestyle is like no matter what their physical state is um demographic so I am really honored that it is, um, you know, again, like global and online because it allows me to reach more, more people. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, it is so crazy that we can do that these days, you know, like be talking to someone across the world and be helping people in this way. It's so beautiful. Um, so you have this mindful eating philosophy. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your unique gift of creating systems and strategies that work for people? It's so interesting because it's kind of the opposite of like diet culture. And um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'd really love to know about that. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I would love to just start off with my definition of definition of mindful eating and mindful nutrition, because I think um, whenever I bring this up to most people, they kind of envision mindful eating as this, like an all or nothing practice that prior to each meal, you must be meditating and you have to be in this full, you know, state of being of peace and ease. And while that's amazing, and that that could absolutely be part of your goal or of your vision, I also tell people that we live, you know, really complex lives and every single day changes. Our mood changes, our emotions, our mental state changes every day. So we really do need to honor that and be able to pull in these little tiny strategies or tools or little practices from mindful eating and make it your own and make it work for you and quote like a modern day. So like I said, if if meditating prior to a meal helps you feel really connected and feel really grounded and you are able then to really look at your food and appreciate it. And not only from the um, looking at it from the senses, like what do you see and what are the textures? Is there a smell associated with it? And kind of running through those aspects, but also even just asking yourself, okay, how hungry am I right now? You know, am I feeling really stressed? Am I kind of rushing through this meal? Um, Am I thinking in my mind about all the things that I have to do after I eat this meal or while I'm eating it, or am I scrolling on my phone? So it's a really great way to kind of check in with yourself before you eat a meal. And, um, and again, that's just one tiny, tiny part of mindful eating. And then in terms of our, our philosophy with mindful nutrition, it really boils down to what I've created as three pillars. So those three pillars are what we eat. Obviously, like I said, it's really important to physically nourish our body on a cellular level. We have to nourish our body in order to function our best. So that's that's a given. That's really where we all got to start. And then we, of course, need to know why we eat and then how we eat. So I'll kind of break that down a little bit because I think when you start to, to simplify it a little bit, and again, that's one of my gifts is I like to really put a process to it. I like to be efficient and, and simple so that it does create this flow and it creates some type of ease in your life, especially around food, because there's so much conflicting knowledge and information. It can get really overwhelming. So mindful eating, just think about it in those three ways, what to eat, why, why we eat and how we eat. So in the first one, what to eat or what we're eating is the foundational five checklist. And the foundational five checklist is nutrition science 101. It's kind of my simple check, 
checkbox list of making sure that you have all of your macronutrients at every single meal. So just a really, really quick lesson here. So there are three macronutrients. This is what every single type of food is made up of. So you have your carbohydrates, you have fat, and you have protein, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that I like to think about our foundational five and our unique approach to mindful nutrition is further breaking it down a little bit. So number one, we have protein, which is super important, obviously, to have at all of your meals. It plays a huge role in, of course, a lot of people think muscle or lean muscle mass and, you know, like working out. I think a lot of people associate protein with just the muscle, but it makes up every cell in our bodies, including the cells that make up your skin, your hair, your nails, your digestive tract, so much more. It's really involved in so many processes. And it's also really important to have protein at every meal. And studies have shown that if you do have protein at every meal, especially with breakfast, it can also just kind of like help regulate your hunger. It can help keep you really nice and full and satiated. And it's just a nice way to balance out your blood sugars as well in conjunction with the other elements here. So then the second one is fat. So fat, whole food fats, these are amazing. Not only do they create wonderful flavor for your meals, but it helps your body absorb fat soluble vitamins like A, D, E, K, also some fat soluble antioxidants. It keeps you nice and full. It's really supportive for, especially with omega-3 fats for cardiovascular health, for brain health. Um, and again, it keeps you nice and satiated. So you're really um, you just feel really nice and full without feeling overly full. You're not really thinking about food. It helps to stabilize your blood sugar. So that's another really impactful thing that fat does for our body. And then the third category, which is carbohydrates, I like to split up into two. So one is non-starchy carbohydrates. Those are really simply put, if you just think about vegetables, like your green leafy vegetables, your bell peppers, cucumbers, all of that good stuff. And non-starchy carbohydrates are so important to our diet because that's really giving us the fiber, those micronutrients, prebiotics. It helps, again, keep us nice and full. But really, in particular, why I love non-starchy carbohydrates is because of the fiber. And fiber is so important to any diet. It helps balance cholesterol levels in the blood. It helps regulate our bowel movement so that we are using the restroom regularly. It helps regulate blood sugar levels. Again, your fullness and your satiety levels. It lowers risk of certain types of cancer, re reduces the risk of diabetes. And of course, again, it just keeps you nice and regular and keeps your digestion going along. So it's really important that we include enough veggies in our diet and again, fiber. And then the second carbohydrate group is starchy, what I call starchy and sugary. I've kind of condensed them because it just, just for ease. So people remember this, but they kind of break down in a similar way. So starchy carbohydrates, on the other hand, are probably what most people, when you say the word carb, they think of. So those are going to be like your breads, pastas, sweet potatoes, um, anything that again is like that quintessential starch. And starchy carbohydrates are super important for your body because that's your primary source of energy. Our brains use carbohydrate and glucose. They love it. Our muscle tissues and every cell in our body uses carbohydrates for energy in different amounts, different ratios. Um, and one of my favorite whole food sources of like that starchy carbohydrate category are beans. Beans are super accessible they're versatile. You, of course, get your nice carbohydrates in them, but you also get soluble fiber, which is great for our digestive system. And also you get like a little win, a little boost of protein there. Um, but it's, it's just so wonderful to be able to think and group those together. And then the fifth one is flavor factor, which again is, is super unique to our, our method. And um, it's so important to me because the flavor factor is really how you're celebrating that meal. That's like the vibrancy, the deliciousness, like maybe it's herbs, maybe it's spices or seasonings or like a condiment that you really love. It's, it's really about making that meal your own and enjoying it as, as best as you can. So those are the five elements of the nutrition um, checkbox system. And I love just giving that to people because it's so easy just to look at your plate and go, okay, do I have all of these five things here? And if I don't, do I have access to like make that more well-rounded? Um, and I have tons of graphics too. If you're a visual person like I am, I have tons of graphics in a free ebook on my website. You can hop over to my Instagram bio and get it. But I love giving people like little diagrams so that you can actually see how to 
um, set up your plate with that. So, so again, it's, it, yeah. And it just helps you make nutrition and nourishing your physical body easy because we don't really want to overcomplicate it. And honestly, if we, if we do truly think about nutrition, it has been so overcomplicated with all the diets and the trends out there that just, you know, making it simple and asking yourself if you have those macronutrients in check is great. Uh, and that works for most people. And then there's kind of like a sidebar because I'm a dietitian. I love to call this out, but there are, you know, people who are managing health conditions or specific health challenges that might need like, in like specific portions or um, specific additions and things like that to that foundational five. And that's of course, when you work with a dietitian and they'll hook you up with that. So, you know, that's why we also have dietitians on my team is to really make that foundational five completely unique to you if you are in that category of like managing a thyroid condition or anything like that. So I just want to call that out too. But that's really that first element there is the what are we actually eating part of part of mindful eating. That's so cool. You you have such scientific knowledge and I'm so curious if there was something in your life that happened or like a pivotal moment where you were like, oh, I have all this, you know, dietitian knowledge and the scientific knowledge of food and how it impacts our, our physical health. And now bringing in this mindfulness piece that seems to be what's really setting what you have to offer apart from just a recipe book or, you know, um, somewhere where people can, you know, go on Pinterest and find plant-based meals. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like where, when you started to shift from, you know, all of your, your knowledge and turning it into this really wisdom-based offering. Well, thank you. Thank you. First and foremost, um, I will, I'll get back to the two other elements of how and why, because I think those are really fascinating too, uh-huh. but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share this. So, um, when I was in my teens um, to late teens, I was experiencing incredible migraines. And what I mean by that is they were incredibly de- de- um, what? debilitating. Hello? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, they were incredibly debilitating and I missed school for days. I missed extracurricular activities. I was an art nerd. So that was really keeping me away from that hobby of mine that I loved. And I kind of just thought that that was going to be my new normal. And I went into college and switched my major quite a bit. Cause my first, my first major in college was psychology. And then it was marine biology, which I lived in Ohio. So at the time I was like, that was never going to, that was never going to be a thing. Um, but through that process, I had met a few friends who were really into working out and really into nutrition. And that was kind of my catalyst to get me involved in nutrition. And so I started with sports nutrition. I started working out and helping them create meal plans for themselves with their sports, with fitness modeling and all that stuff. So I was kind of inserting myself into the nutrition world from that perspective. All the while, I was still having some of these migraines. I was still having some digestive issues, some hormonal imbalances and issues. And again, just thinking that that was going to be my normal. And so when I got into nutrition school um, to be a dietitian, I started to just guinea pig everything naturally. I was like, okay, I want to one day be able to speak to for example, a low carbohydrate diet and how that makes you feel or paleo or vegetarian. So I just tried all of these diets purely out of the, out of the you know, motivation that I wanted to have some real life experience so that when I coached people one day, I could really, really empathize with them. Mm-hmm. But throughout that journey, it was really interesting because I started to figure out my own health issues that for a really long time, I just thought, you know, we're going to be part of my life because I had tried so many different medications. I was in and out of um, offices with neurologists, just trying to figure out my migraines and the cause and the trigger and like nothing worked. And so when I was going through this whole guinea pig process, I started to figure out what was, you know, causing some triggers for me and for my migraines. And so one of them for me was dairy, which should have been a, a, an easy pick for me because my entire family cannot tolerate dairy. And it's also in the top eight allergens. So that was an easy fix. And I, you know, got rid of dairy and then of course made conscious effort to get calcium and vitamin D and all those other kind of um, replacements that, that worked with my life. And then also gluten. Gluten was another 
intolerance for me. And again, I kind of figured that out through guinea pigging. But also I figured out throughout that process that, of course, nutrition is so important and it's really, really vital. But there were also a lot of other lifestyle factors. Again, for me, that really gave me that aha moment of, oh, wow, nutrition is really vital and important, but so is stress management. So is moving my body. So is thinking about other ways to experience support and joy in my life. And so throughout that process, I kind of naturally got really, really interested in integrative and functional nutrition and to yoga, to I mean, honestly, I was just a sponge outside of my outside of my curriculum with school, which was really, really science heavy. So I was a sponge for all of these other kind of modalities of healing and, and health. I was really fascinated by that. And, I, and it was all of that, that combination of real life experience, learning from academia, and then also kind of learning on my own and experimenting on my own that created the philosophy that I have today. So again, that's kind of why... Um, it, it's evolved into a mindful eating philosophy as well, because I recognize there are so many other parts mm-hmm. of our food experience besides just that, that cellular nourishment that I was talking about. Yeah. One of my yoga teachers one time said something so profound to me and I, it keeps coming up, you know, one of those things that keeps coming up in different ways. And she said, um, nothing is separate. We just separate it so that we can observe it and see how it all works together. And she's, you know, we're laying in Savasana after a yoga class, you know, everybody's tired and she's talking about your stomach and she's talking about your mind and how all of these, you know, the different systems are all um, separated the way we talk about them, but they're actually all the same, are all connected and work with one another. So it's really interesting that by your own experience, you're able to to observe that and, and bring something to life that played off of one another because it really is all connected. You can't, you know, just eat healthy and not move your body, like just lay there forever or (laughs) just exercise and eat fast food. So that's really, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. It is all integrated. Absolutely. It is. And um, yeah. And then that also brings up another point that I wanted to bring up too with mindful eating is why you're eating. So there are so many reasons why we eat and why we choose to, Um, nourish ourselves with the foods that we do. And I think that's a really important aspect of mindful eating that everybody can, can easily integrate. And the first one is even just asking yourself, like, what am I hungry for? Or what are my hunger levels? You know, like that, taking that first question too, I think is really powerful. Oh, did I lose you again? Nope. You're here. Okay. Thanks Kelly. Sorry. My AirPods keep going in and out on me. Um, let me see where, where, where was I talking about? I lost my train the of thought. The why. <laughs> Hopefully you have a good editor because I just uh, lost my train of thought there. Um, so the second thing I wanted to bring up too was why you're eating. And there are a few great questions that you can ask yourself with why we eat. So what is our level of hunger, of course? And then also what are you really hungry for? I think that's a powerful question for anybody who may identify with having like food cravings Mm -hmm. because we eat for so many different reasons. You know, there are there emotions that are kind of influencing your food choices like stress or boredom or anxiety or happiness. So it's really important to pay attention to the reasons why you might be eating. And then of course, like, is there something in your environment that might be triggering you to eat in a distracted way or a mindless way um, or overeat or undereat? So I love asking these questions. And, and again, if you're listening to this and mindful eating is really new to you, I would also really implore you to use this in a compassionate voice because a pillar of mindful eating in terms of my philosophy too, is to have that, what I call compassionate curiosity where you're wearing the lens of almost like a scientist and you're like, Hmm, I wonder what's going on here. Like you're curious about it and it's not judgmental. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no right or wrong. It just is. And it's just a fact. And so I think having that level of curiosity and then being really compassionate with yourself deeply helps you have that insight and it helps build that mind body connection. And you're able to just, again, if the question that you're asking yourself is what's my level of hunger 
And let's say, uh, again, I teach a, a one through 10 scale on this just so people can get really tangible because I love to give people tools. But one is just for a quick example, one is I'm really, really full and 10 is, oh, I'm really, really, really hungry. And so five is somewhere in the middle between like, you're, you're not hungry, you're definitely not physically hungry, and you probably aren't really thinking about food either. But just giving those people, giving you kind of like the, the both ends of the, the spectrum Mm-hmm. really help you understand where you might fall into that category. And it can just be factual. You know, you don't have to allow your emotions to get in it. Like, oh, I'm at a eight and I should be this. It just is matter of fact, curious and using a lot of compassion and non-judgment. So that why you're eating, that second element of my mindful eating philosophy is super, super important. Yeah, that's, I didn't even ever think about it that way. <laughs> I think I just eat what I want to eat. Yeah. But yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Because I use similar tools in helping people with meditation or helping them with um, creating a plan or where they want to go in their business is asking yourself the deeper question of why. And it's something that can be applied. I mean, I didn't even think about it really being applied to food. Like, well, why am I wanting to eat right now? Or why Mm -hmm. am I, you know, wanting to eat this specific thing? Um, when you do ha- work one-on-one with people or you're working with people to identify some of these things, um, and the answers are coming up that you don't like, what do you suggest? Like, how do you shift that around if they're finding that they're eating for comfort or they're eating for, um, maybe boredom, what would you recommend to shift that into something that would be more beneficial for their, their state of mind, their state of being and their overall health? Yeah, that is a great question. And I'll kind of run with that example. If it is like, you're asking yourself that question, Mm -hmm. um, why am I hungry and you're bored? So we'll just kind of run with that example. But that is what I call reframing. So we have a whole lesson in my method membership program about reframing, because it is so important to start with that mindset Mm -hmm. about you know, for example, where are the food rules that we have in our life or lives or with craving um, excitement or craving some comfort with your food choices? Like where might that be stemming from? So there are so many tools you can use. I think the one that I would share today just to kind of get the wheels turning a little bit for any of you who are really interested in, in doing this exercise, which is to take out a journal. And if you don't love journaling or if you're, you're not a fan, just maybe have that conversation with yourself or maybe bring it to your yoga mat or a walk or your meditation pillow and just start to peel back the layers a little bit and ask yourself, okay, what am I really craving for? And if you, if you end up on the word, you know, boredom, if you're able to identify an emotion that's influencing your food choice, like boredom or stress or anxiety, a few things that you can do is just peel back those layers a little bit and be like, okay, well, where's that, where's that stemming from? Was there a particular trigger today? Or is there a particular trigger in my environment right now around my kitchen or around my food that's causing me to feel this way? So there are a few little questions that you can ask yourself. And then in terms of reframing that, I would just urge you to think about, you know, one to three things that you might do that you could take action on that would also support you in feeling a sense of comfort, for example, or relieving that feeling of stress or boredom outside of food. So maybe that might be calling a loved one. So that's, again, why support and accountability is so important with your health journey and also with my mindful eating method, because you really need that supportive crew. You need your community. You need those people who you can call on and say, hey, like just whether not not as a form of distraction, but as a form of support. So that might be one. Maybe it's going to, I don't know, listen, put on your your favorite song and listen to some music and dance around and just like shift your emotional energy in your body. It could be working out or you name it, but just think about one to three things that might help give you a solution outside of food with, with that. And again, I, I, I want to say this too, that we all emotionally eat. We all eat because we experience stress or we might be anxious and that's okay. That's, that's a very human thing that I just want to call out. It just is um, really, it's a, it's a practice and a patient practice that you really do have to learn over time and you can learn it. You can absolutely change that mindset 
and kind of come up with some strategies that support you in, in reframing that and picking something else that might be supportive and more aligned with your wellness vision versus just, again, like kind of reaching for food or food choices a little bit mindlessly. Mm. I love that. Um, whenever you're working with people and you're, you're creating these strategies, and I know everybody's probably different and unique, but do you work more off of a set structure for the day and then kind of veer off of that based on, you know, being intuitive with yourself and asking yourself these questions? Or is it like all intuitive? Like I'll eat when I feel like eating or is it more like let's have freedom within a framework kind of a vibe? Mm. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And honestly, it's so different for every single person. And that's one of my, that's just one of my teachings is that it really has to be completely unique to you. So when someone is in the method membership or going through my program, the reason why I also created it in the way that it is, is because at the end of it, I want them to feel so confident that they can develop their own unique mindful eating practice and it can change and it can evolve depending on the day, depending on the moment, depending on the year, the chapter of your life for life. So really that's my vision with it. And, um, with that being said too, like when you approach mindful eating and your unique mindful eating practice, especially if you're new to it, maybe you only work on one thing at a time, which I'm a big fan of is literally just taking one step at a time. So maybe your mindful eating practice for now, until you kind of feel a little bit more confident, you feel a little bit more empowered. Maybe that first step is eating as close to the foundational five at your meals as you possibly can. Or maybe for you feeling like a little, if you feel really disconnected from your mind-body connection, or if um, when I was talking about hunger cues earlier, if that was like a really abstract concept, then that actually might be a great starting place for you to incorporate and just say, okay, I'm going to ask myself how hungry I am before every single meal. And then also ask myself how full I am after every single meal too again, using that one through 10 scale that I was sharing a little bit. So that might be your starting place. Mm -hmm. And then depending on, again, your confidence and how trusting you are in yourself to really make those decisions, you can start to add on different layers. So really, I love to work in that way. I like to present one thing at a time where people can just layer on and they can create this really beautiful, unique practice for them. Um, because I've found in my almost decade of coaching one-on-one and also all of our students, I've found that the more you give people, especially what most diets and trends kind of present people is like, hey, do all of these 10 things. You need to start today. You have to do them overnight. You have to do it for 30 days. And it's such a polarizing all or nothing mentality that it really makes you feel stuck and it makes you feel unsuccessful or that you did it wrong or something's wrong with you when you're not obtaining the results either visually that you're presented with or that you've read about based on the marketing of that program. So we really have to work with ourselves and knowing what makes us tick and how we learn and our own unique habit psychology. And also just honoring the big picture here, which is that your health is a long-term journey. It isn't short-term. So really by focusing on the long-term journey and your wellness vision of what you want to accomplish with your health and with your mindful eating practice, it's, it's so much better and more aligned than you just hopping on like a short-term trend. So I like to be able to just say that because then it, I think helps take off some of the pressure when you can really just focus on one thing at a time. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because sometimes these, these things we get into our minds are like, I have to do this system and I got to commit to the 30 days. And then it's like, well, what next? <laughs> exactly. It's like, ah, exactly. <laughs> I did good. I get a gold right. star. But yeah, it's like <laughs> creating like a whole lifestyle around um, having the different relationship with food and having a different relationship with yourself is so beautiful and needed, especially where we're headed with so much, so much coming at us all the time. Our minds are just so overwhelmed and full and it's easy to mindlessly you know eat or scroll on instagram or say things or do things reactively so really incorporating that relationship to food and nourishment in a way that will sustain us for a lifetime and enjoy it 
I think a lot of us probably, if you're listening, at least for me, I've had these relationships with food where I'm like, do I even like you? Like you're bothering me or <laughs> I feel you in me and like, it's not working. And so having that really different relationship with the, you know, the things that are serving us is, is really beautiful. Yeah, Kelly, and you brought up such a beautiful point as well, which is you use the word joy and enjoying it uh-huh. and, and the process of it. So that really brings me to the third element of my mindful eating philosophy, which is how you're eating. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to celebrate as much as you can positivity and joy within nourishing yourself. So I like to boil this down a little bit logistical. So with how you're eating, so are you using any meal prep or meal planning to kind of help save you a little bit of time, save you a little bit of mental fatigue during the weeks that you just have some meal plans ready to go. Um, Also is cooking a fun process for you. How can you make it a little bit more fun or how can you add like a little bit of that joy factor and that sparkly factor to make it something that you look forward to and it can light you up eventually. Maybe it'll become a hobby, but you got to start somewhere with just asking yourself those types of questions. And then also, you know, with how you're eating is, are you fully present while you're eating? Mm -hmm. So many of us are eating with uh, our phones in our hands. We are on Instagram. We're checking emails. We might even be like literally walking on the go, eating in a car Like, again, there's no shame in those things. You're a human being and it happens, but at least being aware of how you're eating and if you're fully present while you're eating can really just help you establish that mind-body connection. And that can be the first step to you incorporating a little bit more mindfulness around your mealtimes. So again, a little action step for you guys out there is to um, like potentially put down your phone if you find that you are just getting distracted by, you know, eating while looking at your phone or something. So just pick out something that you typically do around your mealtimes that doesn't make you feel fully present Mm -hmm. and try to just tackle that and, and kind of work your way again by layering, layering up all these different practices. But it's so important, like you said, Kelly, to like really enjoy it and to ask yourself those questions and like, hey, am I even enjoying this process or am I enjoying cooking a meal and how can I make it like a little bit more exciting and positive and joyful? Um, Because food is a really beautiful thing and we engage with it multiple times a day. Um, We're going to be engaging with it multiple times a day for the rest of our life because it is literally fuel and it's sustaining us. So why not think about it in a way that's like, hey, I'm going to have this relationship with this with food, with eating and my eating habits for the rest of my life, why not make it a little bit more exciting and joyful and a sense of, um, you know, positivity that I can, I can bring into my life. Uh, Okay. I'm going to tell you my favorite thing that's brought me joy about eating lately. And then I want you to tell me yours. (laughs) This might sound really funny, but I am obsessed with those bowls that are kind of like flat on the bottom and they got a little rim on the side. So it's almost like a plate bowl. Mm-hmm. And I put all my food on there cause I eat mostly vegetarian. And so I'll put like little kind of like a Buddha bowl, I guess, but I like it more like laid out instead of in like a, a bowl. And I, that brings me so much joy and they're so pretty and <laughs> I really enjoy eating my food out of them. And that has made me so happy. And I never realized that something like that could make me so joyful about eating. But that's my one thing. What's yours? What's something? I love that, Kelly. I love that. That's like, that's about presentation and visually looking at your food. And, you know, we eat with our eyes. And I'm sure so many people have heard that phrase before, but it is true. And if you're a really visual person as well, like taking that extra step to even sprinkle on like, um, fresh herbs or dried herbs, or like cut a little lemon wedge and put it on your plate. Like those tiny, tiny things can just make it feel like a little bit more special. Yeah, that and makes a big more, deal to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me too. Me too. Um, let's let's see. Me lately, um, this phase in my life is really, really busy and full throttle. My husband and I are building a home, so we're kind of like in two places at once and juggling multiple businesses and and things. So 
what has been really fun and super um, enjoyable for me is like we've been doing weekly pizza nights Mm -hmm. and we kind of switch it up every week but like just having that moment in the kitchen with my husband and I where we're like getting out all of our toppings and like making that just a special moment like a date night in special pizza night I load mine up with like a ton of things like I love olives on pizza. That might be a very divisive statement, but I do. And like artichoke hearts and broccoli and I use dairy-free cheese and like, yeah, just have fun with it. And then I make a big salad on the side. And, you know, sometimes we take that and sometimes we eat it on the couch in front of a movie. So I I wanted to share this specific example because I'm a mindful eater and sometimes I still really, really enjoy eating food while engaging in another activity, Mm -hmm. right? So you might think that that's quote wrong, but I want to show people that it's really what you make it and it's super flexible to your lifestyle. And I'm really, really confident in trusting myself and understanding my hunger cues and my fullness cues. So for me, that just feels like a nice little special moment. And I enjoy that part of food. Um, and I honor that because, you know, again, like I said, food plays so many different roles in our life. So it's really, it's nice to explore that and to respect all that, all those different roles. So that's, that's definitely been a really enjoyable thing for us lately. Oh, I love that. I love that you shared that too. Cause sometimes I think we need some outside permission to be like, oh, that's like totally fine. And getting rid of the right and wrong and good and bad is so important, but also like you're talking about being mindful of you know, is this becoming a habit that's not beneficial for me? Or is this something that I'm choosing because like it truly is bringing me so much joy? Because I 100% agree. I love like getting my little, um, what do they call it? Like movie trays, dinner trays, Mm -hmm. bringing it to the couch with my kids and we make these little platters. It's so much fun. Yeah, and it is. It's fun. And again, it's like, it's that element of how you're eating and adding in that like little sparkle factor and that joy factor, I think is, is so beautiful. And um, yeah, I also want to repeat that what you had said and asking yourself those questions of like, is this a habit to where I'm eating all of my meals like that? Mm-hmm. Then that might be a cause of being like, okay, let's, let's peel back some layers there and see what we might be able to kind of readjust here. Um, Cause that also might be, on the other end of the spectrum, right? Of, of balance and imbalance. Cool. Well, this has been so much fun. I'm going to hop into our, our last little game and I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions just so we can get to know you a little better, bit better. And you'll just give me a one word answer. Amazing. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. Favorite food. Nourish bowls. Okay. And let me, let me expand on that because, (laughs) because I feel like I'm, um, I'm taking the easy way out because nourish bowls for me include like, like you were talking about your bowl meal. I Uh love those. I love being able to like, uh, organize my, my nourish bowl, like with all like the veggies in one spot and the protein. Like I just, I'm a visual eater as well. So I love that. Um, but I am a huge fan of making like salads, entrees, like really, really hearty salads. So for sure. That's, that's hands down my favorite food. Cool. I love that. I love variety. I could be a snacker. Just give me like a snack plate. (laughs) Um, Favorite restaurant. There is a, an amazing Indian place here in Nashville called Bombay. And that is my favorite restaurant. Favorite meal to cook. Um, I would say pasta. I love cooking pasta because of the versatility and it's easy. It's really satisfying with flavor, but also by adding like a lot of nice non-starchy carbohydrates, uh, like artichoke hearts and maybe some like zucchini or peppers and really building it out. It's really nice and not only satisfying with flavor, but satiating as well. Cause it keeps you nice and full. Yummy. Favorite time of day? Morning, hands down. Favorite flavor? It's kind of a hard one. Mm. I would go salty. Mm. Yes. Favorite season? I love fall. Favorite food group? 
non-starchy carbohydrates specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Place to vacation that you would like to be right now because we've all been Uh, Give me an ocean or a (laughs) beach any day. Mm. Um, Your go-to mindfulness practice besides food. Hmm. Uh, Checking in with myself, just asking the question, Mikkel, how are you doing right now? Your most fun, enjoyable hobby besides anything to do with food, because we know that you okay. Food. I was go- I was going <laughs> to say gardening, um, but that has everything to do with food. I do love art. I, I love artwork. Um, I had mentioned earlier I was kind of an art nerd in high school, and that has never left left me. So I, I love art of any kind. Fun. The your most favorite musician you're into right now. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, Kelly, I don't know any particular. I've honestly been listening a lot to, like, if you go on Spotify and you look at meditation or spa music, Uh um, I've been listening to, like, a lot of that or binaural beats and, like, theta waves. So, Uh honestly, I've been in that realm. Yeah, that's so, much needed that's in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I was all the, the binaural beats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, and then the last one, and this is kind of a funny question, but do you have a favorite cooking music? Like when you're cooking and you're hanging out in the kitchen, is there a certain kind of music that you vibe out to? Yes, and it completely depends on my mood. So if I'm feeling like a little emo, I'll bring out my high school like emo music, like dashboard, Deftones, Radiohead. Yes. Like it really depends on my, yeah, <laughs> that, that was definitely my, my high school. Well, I mean, high school, but also like nowadays music. Oh, yeah. um, but it really depends. I, I could go classical. Like I love Jan Tiersen. I hope I'm pronouncing his, his name. He's a, a composer who did who I found out through the Amelie soundtrack, which is beautiful um, if you're looking for a, a beautiful classical soundtrack. And then, yeah, I, I feel it. And sometimes like pop music, yeah, it just really depends on my, my, on my mood. I am so into modern jazz right now. And my husband will come home. He's a firefighter from work. And he'll be like, are you cooking? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Because I've got on like some modern jazz and I'm just like tap dancing around the kitchen. And I'm really, really, really into Leslie Odom Jr.'s new album called Mister. Totally check it out. It is such a vibe. It is so good. Um, He was on Hamilton and played um, Aaron Burr and Hmm. has his own album. And it is so good. It's like the best. Okay. I think I know who you're talking about and I need to hook up with you after this to, to write it down. So I, I double check so I can okay. make sure I get it. <laughs> it is so good. It's such a vibe. Mikkel, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so much fun. I feel like I learned so much. I'm going to have to listen back to this episode and take notes because it was so good. Um, I hope everyone listening had a great time hanging out with us too. And we'll put all the links to where you can reach Mikkel and check out her company nutrition stripped and all the things she has to offer down in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. And yes, of course we will hook you up. We have so many free workshops. And if you're curious about joining the method membership for mindful eating, we have a free workshop that can kind of like show you what to expect. Um, or you can just hop on in and join us. We'd love to have you, but yeah, Kelly, thank you so much for, for having me. This was such a great combo. Awesome. Have a wonderful day. You too.